Shut up and sit down. Welcome back to the Hard Enduro Channel. With this particular podcast, I've lost about the first two and a half to three minutes for some reason. There was some sort of technical issue going on. It was only a bit of banter anyway, nothing overly important, and just the uh, the formal introduction, so oh, I'm recording it right now. Um, essentially, for this podcast, we go over the Insane Ride, which made up round five of the Australian Hard Enduro Championship. Great facilities down there, the town of Poatina, the, um, the prologue track, which is you know basically a couple hundred metres away from the town, right down through to the quarry, which is about 2Ks down, the, down in the valley, away from the town. Great quarry to be in. It's great to watch the juniors, bronze and silver and gold riders all go through there. Quite a technical little setup through there and the prologue track. That was tight and twisty and wet. Conditions were absolutely perfect. I won't go too much into that. That's going to be covered during the podcast. Scotty Chapman managed to get out in his KDM 300 on race day and actually go and experience the race and sample all the tracks and probably taste the dirt a few times as well, I'd imagine. Um, so you, the podcast will start with Scotty talking about that. Just like to thank all of our sponsors who have supported us basically since we started way back in 2018. So we've got Enduro Gear, Golden Tire Australia, Zach Speed International. They do hydration backpacks. Really, really comfortable gear. If you're after a new backpack, check out Zach Speed International. Sherco Motorcycles Australia. Chad's off-road sit-ups. He keeps our bikes running nice and smooth. And I'm talking about suspension. It's like magic carpet. B&B Off-Road Engineering. Keep our bikes protected. Australasian Dirt Bike Magazine. Make sure you pick a copy up. They've been around for donkey's years and still producing the goods. Dirt Bike Burrito Podcast. Now, we do have an interview with Jeremy who runs the Dirt Bike Burrito Podcast. Listen to that big, 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 huge announcement for 2023. I'm really excited for what he's got coming up in 23. Casey Lee from Pulse Media, once again, thank you for your support, Casey, throughout the entire year and the previous years, coming to all our events and taking photos and whatnot for us. Really appreciate it. Global Racing Oil Australia, they keep our bikes nice and lubricated. Great products from Global Racing Oil Australia. So thanks, guys. Echo Inspections, Rack and Roll Motorcycle Carriers, Donato Kelly from OK Photo, and also Ali from Amiga Moto Graphics. Check out Amigo, uh, sorry, Amiga Moto Graphics on all socials. He's producing some really good gear, great communication. Flick him a message. He'll answer generally within a couple of minutes. Uh, great bloke to deal with. So thank you very much, Ali, for joining us. We have a bunch of guests drop in. As we mentioned before, we talk about the Insane Ride, and we also did an interview with this podcast with Corey Kennedy. Now, Corey Kennedy is a bronze rider. He's based in Victoria, but... I actually spoke to Corey for about an hour 15. It got sort of more and more in depth, so I've separated it. Corey's going to have a separate podcast, which will come out probably within the next couple of days. Keep an eye out for that. The next voice you will hear is from Scotty Chapman, and he's describing his experience that he went through when he was at the Insane Ride, Poatina, Tasmania. I enjoyed it. I had a, had a ball out there on the bike. Nice and wet in those creek beds, nice and slippery. Yeah, I've got a bit of a problem with getting my um, socks wet. I, I generally don't like doing it, and I'll do whatever it takes not to, but I realised that it was going to happen, so I just let it happen straight away. And, um, yeah, very soon in the race you uh, come to a very small creek crossing. There was a bit of a bottleneck, um, guys building up for it, and I came for the pack and just took a, a random line that hadn't actually been created yet and got my feet down in the water and went, well, from now on, it's just whatever. And, um, yeah, you were riding up creeks and 
there was like little tiny waterfalls coming down over the um the the rocks that were in the creek, a little like a little rapid. And uh, surprisingly, amazing traction nose. If you just got on the power and you know fed the bike, the bike would just work its way up the creek. As long as you didn't stop, it would just keep going and climb. And yeah, you just get a bit of a thrill out of that. So it was good fun. I've seen uh, a couple of photos coming out today of um, the gold riders just sending their bike up a huge step up. Yeah, the, step, the stepmother. Yeah, mother, yeah. I, I never got to see it myself, but I have seen the footage and the photos. And you see, there's uh, like a winch set up to get the bikes up. I'm not sure if it was used or not, but you see the guys ghosting their bikes at the top of it. I'm not sure if I'd be into that myself, but I suppose these guys are another level to us. So they hit it and they do it. Yeah. So you overtook Burnsy? Yeah, yeah, man. It didn't, um, he didn't put up much of a fight either. Um, I'm not sure what we got Burnsy on the crew for. He, oh. He's a bit of a. Well, we need somebody out there to be the slow out of the three of us. So, yeah, yeah I feel like he's filling it. Hold for us. Nice oh, one. fair enough. I will keep him on for 2023 and see how he goes then. How good is it not having him here to uh, defend himself? He's going to be Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> it's, it's interesting because he's normally asleep anyway. You've got to, I've got to wake him up. Give him a prop to make him oh, that was, It was good fun. We sat around on the uh, on the boat on the way home and we pulled his uh, his laptop out and we put his uh, SD card in and we're watching all the footage. And, yeah, there it is. There's the footage of me overtaking him and, it even made his uh, final cut on his video that he's uploaded. I think it went up probably a day or two ago. <laughs> so, no, nah, it, it, it's good taking him, taking the piss out of him. And, yeah, we're on a chat right now talking to him and that. No, uh, poor bugger's stuck at work and um, he's fixing aeroplanes and stuff like that at the moment. So he'd be spewing and he's going to hear this in a day or two and wish he was on here to defend himself. But, unfortunately, Burnsy, I don't know. Yeah, it's not going to work out like that, is it? What, and what a good trip it was, it tells you, too. I, I, you, you were on the same trip as me over and back. Yeah, we sort of um, – we're, we're at opposite ends of the ship most of the night down there, but on the way back we all got a, a nice uh, sit-down and sat around and talked and all that, and I think it was like 1, 2 o'clock in the morning before we packed up and went to bed, so it was great. It was a good catch-up and had a few of the, the riders sit with us and tell their stories and stuff. Yeah, so it was yeah, interesting. It was great fun. And nice smooth travels, thankfully. I've heard some horror stories of people saying, you know, water going over the top of the ship and whatnot. I mean, we had a swell of about one metre, so you didn't notice anything. No, on the way down, I felt the boat bobbing around a little bit, but on the way back, no, I didn't didn't really feel anything. Probably had my sea legs by then, and um, that was a nice cruise. And, yeah, it's a bit of a wake-up when the captain's telling you to get out of bed and get to your cars because they don't want to muck around and get this show on the road. And you're like, oh, well, I suppose better go. Well, it's still waiting for the Tassie crew. They've been frantically going through all the GPS files that riders have been submitting, so we're, we're waiting for them to uh, release their final results, and they should be out hopefully within the next 48 hours. And this podcast has been recorded now on a thir- on Thursday, 6th of October, so hopefully it's out by the weekend. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Well, the only reason this podcast is getting recorded on a Thursday night is because we've had to postpone this weekend's race. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we're meant to have um, the Alpine Express down at Yavin Creek near Adelong on this weekend. But, uh, yeah, went down there blowing a gales, talking to the property owner uh, today, and uh, they were telling me this, they've had the strongest winds there uh, that they can ever remember. Uh, so probably a good decision. And with 150 mils of water predicted to fall out of the sky, uh, yeah, not much choice for left really but to postpone it. 
Yeah, well, if it wasn't for that, I'd be on the Hume Highway now, on my way down there, um, getting ready to get all set up. We've um, spent the last couple of weeks down there building a track and getting it all dialed in and completed, and, and it's it's ready to go. Um, all the bunting's up, all the modifications have been made. Um, the track was designed for a wet race because we knew it was going to rain this weekend. Um, we learnt some stuff from Cozzy and probably a little bit from Bathurst, but mainly from the Cozzy Osco race that got really wet. So the track was designed with all that in mind, but um, unfortunately if the wind's been as strong as they are, and that ground has not dried out for, I don't know, maybe six months. They um, got hit pretty hard with some storms there and um, the the uh, ground has retained that water. It is per, There's parts of the property where you can actually see the water bubbling up out of the ground. So um, tr- you can be um, on that property and hear a tree fall. So you don't want to have a, a big tree come down on anybody. So I suppose calling it due to the strong winds, and that's probably a good idea. And I'll guarantee when we go back down there to check the property, there'll be trees down all over the place. So Yeah, 100%, 100%. Now I'm going to be bringing a few guests in tonight. And we've got Aaron Wells. As a mate, how you doing? I'm good, mate. How are you, Greg? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Tell us about your experience down at Tassie, mate. It was unreal. Um, probably one of my favourite races yet. Just awesome tracks, um, well organised, really good conditions, um, good people. Like I think nearly the entire crew from the whole year went. So yeah, it was awesome. Really good. Yeah. What do you think of the conditions? Uh, they're my pick of conditions, just wet and slippery and, um, the hills were good. The creeks are running. There's a couple of deep holes, which, uh, that was interesting. I got coated on the first probably five minutes of the track and then everything was just muddy and slippery. So yeah, it was good. Loved it. In in your element, every time there's a wet weekend forecast and we've got a wet, uh, a race coming up, you're always yeehawing, aren't you? You love it when it's wet. I'm sort of disappointed the New South Wales isn't uh, running this weekend. I was... As soon as I saw the conditions, I was, yeah, ready to go. But, um, yeah, wait till yeah. Sure just, just before you joined us, Andy, we were just talking about it being cancelled, unfortunately. But uh, sorry, mate. Oh, safety. Like, when you got to talk about the winds and access for helicopters and it's, you know, anything can happen. You don't want to sort of not be able to access someone if they need to. So, yeah, understandable for sure. Yeah, that's it. Look, we can handle the rain. We can handle some wind, but combination of high winds and ex- you know, extreme amount of rain forecast, uh, a chopper just simply wouldn't get in. So we don't need anyone dying out in the field. Well, there was a bit of effort put into the property, making sure that the um, uh, the riders be able to get in and out of there. The owner of the property has uh, outlaid quite a lot of um, money and time into building a, a really good uh, entrance with gravel and all that. So we would have been able to do the camping thing there. We would have been able to get people in and out without an issue. But, yeah, the safety thing just sort of kicked us in the ass on this one. So, yeah. It's a bit of a bugger. Where did you finish up, Azza, in uh, in Tassie? I got 17th in silver. Um, I was really happy with that. I was racing with oh, probably five of the guys that I've been sort of in and around all year. So, it was, um, yeah, I had some good battles and, yeah, the, the top 10 guys, as you know, were pretty pretty awesome. So, yeah, just to uh, be competitive and race well, I felt like I had a good race and I enjoyed every bit of it. Uh, if it's on again next year, you're going to go back? 100%. So, yeah, I've uh, started my training for next year already and, um, yeah, we're, uh, we're ready to go. Who you, when you say you started uh, your training, who are you sponsored by? 
Um, TAB by the looks of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a different training method than most guys, but um, it seems to work and I have a good time. Nice one, mate. Well done. Thanks for joining us, mate. Appreciate it. Mate, thanks for having me on. Have a good night. No, all good. Cheers, mate. Take care. Cheers. Bye. Yeah, bye. There you go. Brought to you us by the uh, local gaming room down at this pub. I'm pretty sure he was in a gaming room there. You can see <laughs> you can see the Joker game in the background with the uh, when they turn the cards around for the the win and the prize money. Hey, let's go back a little bit. Did we? So we were in uh, Hillston. We yeah, we did a podcast about Hillston. No, we um, you never done one. I done one with the Burrito guys. So if anybody wants to right, find out that's right, how yeah. the Hillston race went, log on to the Burrito podcast. And uh, me and Jeremy had a quick chat. Um, we sort of linked the Bathurst and the Hilston races together in one podcast. So, um, no, we, we just never got the time getting ready for everything else that we were doing to have a sit down and, and go over that race. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I knew what was spoken about. I mean, we don't need to mention um, Wade Ibrahim's effort there. That was amazing. Yeah, if anyone hasn't seen it, just Google uh, Wade Ibrahim or uh, Hillstorm or uh, Australian Hard Enduro, and you should be able to find a, a uh, video of Wade. We had a helicopter out there. That was awesome. Start line was amazing. We'll be letting off 20 at a time with a helicopter buzzing around overhead, so that uh, got the adrenaline pumping. Yeah, so the video you see Wade leaving pretty much dead last. I think there's maybe six or seven, eight people on his last line, and he goes out, gets the whole shot on that, which was expected, but then within minutes he's working his way through the field. It's probably got 20 or 30 people done within the first five minutes. And then um, throughout the rest of the video, you see him just picking people off one at a time or maybe 10 at a time when they're all stuck in a, a certain rock garden or something Yeah, and, um, to come forth outright. Yeah. Oh, we know who that is. The man, the moustache, has just entered the room. The man, the moustache, John Gatto. Gatt- How you going, mate? Oh, hang on, hang on. Sorry, <laughs> I've, got to, I've got to unmute you. There we go. How you going, John? Oh, not too bad. Yeah, yeah that's so, the way. Ghetto, congratulations. First race up in uh, gold class with the big boys. How would you feel out there? Oh, pretty good. I mean, it was very intense. It was, But that's what I went up there for, you know. I wasn't going up there to have an easy one. So, <laughs> yeah. So, mate, you, you laid it all down on the uh, Saturday in the prologue and you actually proved yourself quite well, didn't you? Well worth the, um, the gold number plate on your bike. Um, mm. Tell us about your prologue. Um, yeah, I went out for the first lap and it was a bit of a siding lap. Was, yeah, and then came back and then just waited for traffic to clear basically, probably for a good hour or so. So a gap, went out there and had a good run and it just worked really well. The traffic, every time I got to someone, they sort of pulled over and let me through and there wasn't too many people in the way. So, yeah, good run. So tell us where you came, mate. Sorry? Tell us where you came in your prologue. Uh, prologue was fifth. Fifth, mate. Don't be modest about it. That's, that's a good effort. You know, actually, I think the prologue, yeah, fifth. The prologue, fifth in the shootout because I yeah, held it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fifth, fifth on the uh, on the race day. That's a good effort, mate. That, that's well done. Um, it's first race in uh, gold and pulling a top five. Uh, you know, Thanks. and uh, you, you've done all right in the race. T- talk us about the race. How'd you go out there with that scene? Yeah, you're at now at a new level. You're at a level with guys that have been doing this for a while. How did it feel to be out there with them? Um, oh, I felt sick to be out there with them, to be honest. Like, I just wanted to, I wanted to just race against them to see where I was at. Obviously, a long way off 
at the moment. But, um, you know, you got to start somewhere, I guess. But the race was good. I went out um, feeling good. And then the track sort of, I think the harder stuff was probably in the first quarter of the day, like the big waterfall section. Um, so that was, that was a, a wake-up call um, to what was in store the rest of the day. But, yeah, it was a good day. Um, yeah, it was so much fun. I was like, <laughs> It was so good. <laughs> Gano, Gano, tell us a bit about yourself, mate. What, what's your history? Um, you, you've done a bit of trolls riding on on, uh, on push bike trolls, haven't you? Um, oh, yeah. I bought, I bought a trolls. I wanted to buy a trolls motorbike, um, and I didn't want to spend the money on them, basically. So I was like, oh, I'll buy a trolls push bike and see if I like it. I bought the trolls push bike. Uh, it was probably about a year ago now. Um, love the trolls push bike, and I was like, stuff it. There was a gas gas on sale at the, the local dealership sort of thing. So I was like, oh, take, take my money. So I upgraded to the Trails Motorbike. And then since then, it's just been the best. Obviously, cross track, and that's amazing. And it's just so get out for a quick ride in the afternoons. And yeah, I ride the Trails bike a fair bit. Love that. How long have you been, how long have you been riding a motorbike for? Uh, I started riding motocross when I was young, probably when I was like seven. And then, but never like serious. I just sort of rode. You know, and then went to the races, never done any good or anything, but just loved it. Um, and then probably raced until I was about 14 or 15, maybe. And then I started racing enduro mountain bikes. Right. So I raced enduro mountain bikes um, and then got a bit bored of that. And then I was like, you know what? Motocross background. So I was like, I love motorbikes, obviously. And I love the enduro. So I was like, let's get a motorbike, you know, mix the two together. Yep. So I've been riding in motocross or oh, dirt bikes, I guess, for two years now. Uh, yeah. But you've well, you pretty much come out of nowhere, haven't you? So a few of your mates have been with the grassroots scene there for a while and have got yeah. you into it. But you, you've only just sort of come in in, in what, 2021? This year? my first race um, at a, uh, Rockhampton. Yeah. The first one. Um, they were trying to you know, so I rode Enduro. I, like, I didn't even know what hard Enduro was until like a year and a half ago or something. And anyway, so it was Timon and Josh. They they ride hard Enduro. And they always used to tell, oh, come ride the stuff we ride, you know. Oh, no, I hated it. It was too slow. It was too hard. Anyway, so I started riding with them more and more. They convinced me. They twisted my arm. And the more I rode it, the easier it got and the funner it got, you know. It's once hard. Struggle of it, you actually start to enjoy it. <laughs> but didn't you do quite well at your first race as well? You you were cl- at the real pointy end. Uh yeah. Well, I won it at uh, the first race. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I remember. I can't remember exactly the race and what, but I just remember your name getting dropped because you've come out of absolutely nowhere, got an yeah. amazing result, and all of a sudden, where's just set up and going, who's this guy? We need <laughs> to pay attention here. And then within a year, you've uh, qualified to get in the gold because now you can't just show up to one of our races in Endergold, you actually have to qualify to do that. So that's yeah. a really good effort, mate. That that's outstanding to to go from absolutely not even knowing what the sport is, and then being a top five finisher in mm. a gold event. Yeah, that was Mount Morgan at your one, wasn't it? Mount Morgan, yeah. That's right. I love so fast. And, and then you came down to Bathurst, and ba- how did you go in Bathurst? I don't recall. Um, Bathurst was. So won the prologue, so it took off first. Um, yep. and I missed the first turn. I went down a gold track. Lost 
uh, we, it was me and Josh Ibrahim. We went down there, and there was people telling, "You missed the turn. You missed the turn." I was like, "No, nah, no way. I didn't miss the turn." You know, so we saw a marshal, and then he's like, "Hey, you gotta go back." So eventually, we turned around and went back, and we were, oh, well at the back of the bronze by then. And, you know, so we just kept riding and charging and got us in there. So that was a pretty, pretty cool one too. Well, you, you earned your stripes before you, before you got the gold. I know you messaged me and said, "Hey, can I go to gold?" And I think I ignored you for forty-eight hours <laughs> until until Chris Perry reminded me. But now you earned your stripes to be there. And based on your, 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 what you've, you've done in the previous races and just your – I actually stalked you on the internet and I found a whole lot of videos of you riding your trials push bike. Yeah. So that's like, nah, this, this place got skills. And for those who are, who are listening, we do have a criteria for gold. Um, and it's not about how fast you are necessarily in gold. It's about how safe you can ride, how you manage your own your own uh, mental ability and your own, own status in, in difficult situations. So – we don't want you to put yourself or other riders at risk and, you know, you've proven that you're capable of doing that. So welcome to gold class, mate. Uh, yeah, Kane, looking forward to it. Oh, I mean, I don't know how hard Tassie was in comparison to what the next ones are going to be, but Tassie was, um, yeah, it was a good uh, introduction, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so, that's for sure. Were there any moments there throughout the Tassie race where you thought, oh, this is it, I'm going to have to pull the pin here, I can't go any further, or were you comfortable the whole way around? Nah, so there was a couple sections that were really hard, but luckily we were sort of uh, we were in a group with the riders. So every time something got like really hard, we'd sort of, you know, no one would say anything. You'd sort of just run up, help the guy run out, and he would return the favour and so on and so on. But um, a couple of the sections there, like for example, the waterfall, like I was in a, there was probably, I don't know, we were sort of in a train going up to it. And I was watching the guys in front of me go up and I was sitting there next. I was like, Man, you cannot be serious. Like every time I got closer to it, I was like, oh man. <laughs> and then got to it and it was sort of just like, oh, what do you do? You just got to send it, really. No, no. <laughs> but yeah, oh, yeah, it was pretty crazy. Some of the sections were pretty wild. Yeah. I mean, definitely didn't want to pull the pin. Wasn't going to go down that easy. But yeah. <laughs> so there wasn't a moment where your head was down on the handlebar pad going, what have I done? You're, you're confident? You're comfortable in there? Yeah, yeah. But no, no, I never got that. There was some, some points where I was like, oh, I really got to sort of conserve my energy. But there was a point where I was sort of, I never let myself get to that point. <laughs> I was having too much fun. <laughs> How did no, you go awesome. following the GPS? Uh, the GPS wasn't too bad. Um, I did like a bit of riding with the GPS just to sort of get used to looking at the GPS um, and looking up and looking down and looking up because that's probably the hardest part of it, sort of taking your eyes off the track. Yeah. Uh, so I, bet, I, I did a bit of practice with it. So I came into the race sort of pretty confident with uh, following the GPS, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, so, we actually yeah. crossed paths on a practice race. Yeah, ex- yeah that's exactly right. Up yeah, in, right. Up in the Blue Mountains, um, uh, yeah. young Amy asked me to go with her to give her a bit of, uh, I don't know, help, assistance to learn the GPS. And there's old Gaddy out the front there. Leading yeah. away, so that no, was good to catch up with him on just a social ride, not be out there always fighting for it at a race. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, that 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 ride was good because it was just a, oh, I don't know how many people were there, but there was heaps of us just all mucking around. That was my first ride, sort of following a, a Garmin, so it was no pressure, so it was good. <laughs> yeah. What What are your plans next year, mate? You going all out full season? Uh yeah, it'll be good to depending on the dates and everything. If dates line up, I'll definitely 
definitely be interested in doing all uh, all the rounds and see what happens. Um, yeah, at this point, definitely want to do them all, yeah. Have you got any sponsors? Not really sponsors, I guess, but like the local bike shop I have, MCD, they do um, like my bike work and that. They help me out a fair bit and Ballard's, Ballard's off-road because I'm buddies with Jeff, so helps me out with some stuff every once in a while, but no uh, official sponsors, I guess, no. No, hopefully that will change in the uh, in the future, mate. Cool. <laughs> okay. All right, g'day. Good on you, mate. Thanks for joining us. Thank Congratulations, you, mate. Best luck to you. Legend. See ya. Bye. Well, Greg, guess what yeah, I've yeah. just noticed? Did you see it? Did you yeah, see I what did. I just I, – I did. I did. Right, hang on. Just before you go in there, he names his he names his podcast after a food product, and what's he doing now? He's sitting there <laughs> eating a drumstick Stop. ice cream. That's wow. a Cornetto, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, it's a Cornetto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit, I thought I had a bit more time on my sleeve. No, no, we like to catch people out. So we've got Jeremy from the Dirt Bite Burrito Podcast join us. How you doing, mate? Yeah, good. What's going on, boys? Oh, you know, just waffling on a little bit. Jeremy, is your microphone out in the um, front letterbox? No, why is that? It just sounds a bit distant. Distant? No, you're just too far away from me, mate. Hang on. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, the, the visual effects that we get. We're doing this on like a, a Skype-style app and um, we can see Jeremy and he's just put a whole Cornetto in his mouth in one go. In one go. Is that better? <laughs> That'll do. We'll just work with it. Yeah. I think it's a bit better. Who, who would thought that the podcast guy would have bad audio? Like, that's, <laughs> that's not a good side, is it? It's all good. It's all good. So, Jeremy, what's keeping you up at this time of night? Oh, there's a lot of things that keep me up at this time of night. Um, at the moment, I'm editing. Yeah, actually, Greg messaged me and said we're doing, and we're, we're editing, um, trying to get ahead of podcasts because we're leaving in a week to go across to WA to race in a fair few events over there and then drive back, race Wildwood and come home. So I think I'm away for about four weeks. So And, you, and you, well, thanks for taking the time out of your schedule, mate. I know things get tough for you, so no, oh, I appreciate that. Anything for grassroots. Anything <laughs> right, uh, so, so what are your plans, mate? You're heading over to WA. What are you doing over there? So we head on the 17th. We drive over and then we go. I'm, I'm competing in the Kalgoorlie Desert Race. So that's a three-day event. Um, prologue two days, uh, Saturday and then the Sunday. So it's very exciting that uh, I've always wanted to do it and it's back home. So it kind of works out well. Then we're going to catch up with the West Australian Hard Enduro guys, Darren and things like that, and uh, kind of see their setup and, and watch them ride their local stuff. Um, nice. I, yeah, I'm from Perth as well, so I'm going to catch up with some friends. No need to apologise. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> so i got some stuff to go there, and then we'll turn around and do a long road trip back and do some riding along kind of South Australia, catch up with some people there and – some beach stuff, and then finish at Wildwood. Race Wildwood is a, a final event. Are you catching up with Stu Duesberg in South Australia? No, no, we're catching up with the people, but not him. No, who's that? Oh, I need you to put in touch with him. Stu runs events over there, um, and he runs very, very good yeah. events, mate. He's got he's got some fantastic uh, terrain. He's got access to. Well. Well then, we're going to get it. Yeah, I'm going to now. I'm going to slide straight into his DMs like I do with everybody else on Instagram. 
No, nah, Stu's, Stu's a good, good dude. He'll, he'll help you out for sure. So you come back, you're, you're going to do Wildwood, um, and you've got a new bike to do Wildwood on, I see. Yeah, it was um, it was the worst kept secret we had. Uh, it didn't last very long. It was supposed to be like a cool reveal, but yeah, we um, we we'd been thinking about it for a while. And if you'd listen to the podcast a bit, we always talked about doing an all rounder bike. So I pulled all my pennies together and I bought a Gas Gas three hundred and fifty. Yeah, nice, um, nice. Kind of people asked me why. I think it was you know. Ben Grabham raced one at Hillston, and that was kind of the tipping point for me. I mean, they through the 350 is probably and I, I, it's it's hard because people will yell at me, but I think a 350 300 four stroke is is probably the best bike on the market after a 500. But um, it is just so versatile, and it's it, we're going to show it. We're going to go race the Kalgoorlie Desert race on it, and then literally the weekend after we'll be doing a hard enduro on it. And um, it doesn't take anything. It's taken. Just some gearing and some some protective parts to to kind of be able to swap between the two. Three fifty four strokes are a great bike. I borrowed one a couple of months ago and I was I rode that for three days. Um, and it had a fancy suspension set up on the front and it was absolutely perfect, mate. So good in a single track. It's yeah, it's right. really good. It got engine braking, but it's not too much engine braking. Very very right. good for flowy single. Loved it. Yeah, single. And then we've been spending some time out at Bathurst uh, Waddle Flat cutting in some tracks and finding some stuff for Mario. And yeah, I did a, I just thought I'd do a silver loop on it. Not a drama. There was uh, no overheating. Like everybody would say on a, on a four stroke. It was, um, and I mean, that wasn't, that was still trying to keep up with race times too. So no, I, um, I can't fault it. So yeah, I mean, the, the only thing that will probably be visually different will be a large tank, but the bike will be exactly the same for Kalgoorlie Desert Race and uh, in Wildwood. So yeah, be, uh, okay. a bit of so, an all-rounder. So, mate, the, the only downside of that bike for Grabo was his battery went flat. Yeah. Um, he couldn't start it. Are you going to go a kickstart option for when you come back to Hard Enduro or you reckon you got the skills to get it through without burning the battery out? No, so the kickstart is is definitely not available on them. We've, we tried a lot. Uh, even this one, Peter Stevens sourced us the bike. As long as um, finance my bike, they helped find me one. Um, there was no kickstart available. There could be, but not when when we when we looked for it. So we swapped from a lithium battery to an AGM battery um, to kind of help a little bit. And I'm just going to be running. I've got a little jumper pack that I carry Good with idea. me already because. Two strokes batteries die too. I mean, how many two strokes, three under two strokes died at you know Kosciuszko and things like that. So I think um, it's just it's just a universal problem with with bikes now. Don't don't forget to disconnect your head headlight when you're doing hard enduro, mate. It's a hard enduro bike. It doesn't have a headlight anymore. That thing is like all my other bikes. It's stripped to the to the nth degree. So yeah, no no headlight, no indicator switches. I mean, yeah, the headlight the probably got smashed when Turtle roosted him going past. <laughs> no, that's just turtle dropping it off the trailer. He doesn't need to roost me. He's just that useless. He drops it everywhere. Oh come on! <laughs> He's not here to defend himself. We wouldn't bag people out that can't defend themselves on this channel. That's all this channel is, isn't it? Yeah. Before, <laughs> before you come on, it was fifteen minutes of me bagging out Burnsy because he can't defend himself. So. Burn, Burnsy just deserves to be bagged out no matter what. Even if he is here, we'll bag him out. Yeah. Um, all right. So big things coming on the hard enduro scene. Down at uh, Wildwood. Um, yeah. what, can we can we talk about what you're doing next year, Jeremy? Is you want to raise it or not? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I've been in. It's been about 
six months of prep ever since I did a Simpson Desert Crossing to raise money for the Frontline Safari. It's been on the front of my mind. And, um, yeah, I think today is the first day we've actually launched the social media stuff as long as long um, has kind of got a few people on board. But uh, on the 1st of May next year, um, I will be attempting a solo 10 desert trip um, to raise money for women and infant hospitals in regional New South Wales. Solo 10 deserts. The 10 Desert Challenge, solo. Wow. Um, yeah, so start. hopefully the record at the moment is 29 days. My plan is to try and do it under 15. Wow, mate, that's that's awesome. What an exercise to take on. Now, the fundraiser is for, forgive me if I pronounce this wrong, the uh, Tory Fanane Foundation, is that right? That's correct, yeah. The Tory Fanane Foundation is a foundation here in the central west uh, of New South Wales, which is very close to me. Um, bit of a backstory. Tori Fanane was a midwife out here um, who helped when I had my child. Um, and she, well, I didn't have it, but um, she was a real a huge part of it all and um, we had a lot of issues and Tori was, was kind of front and centre the whole time. Tori then had her own child and passed away only a couple of days after giving birth um, through complications and uh, she left uh, Liam, her husband, and three beautiful kids behind. So we, wow. um, we are trying to raise as much money to help um, yeah, midwives and infant kind of delivery rooms in the Central West to give them more uh, more support and, and more equipment, things like that. Oh, well, kudos <laughs> to you, mate. Well done. What what a, what an uh, interesting backstory and sad backstory. Yeah, it was. And, um, you know, crossing the desert with the frontline guys, I realised I wanted to do something from Tory. And, um, yeah, the foundation came before the actual challenge. So it's been it's been a lot of work to get the bikes uh, the bike ready because I'm carrying probably at 74 to 80 litres of fuel on the bike. Wow. Um, plus all my food, which is nothing really, just uh, some Cornettos really, um, and uh, and sleeping and tools. So we're going to call the bike the Hindenburg because it's going to just be this giant bomb flying through the uh Oh, I can imagine. Um, what, and, what's your target goal? We are, uh, I loved, I'd love a hundred grand. I mean, that'd be amazing, especially the people that we've got on board that we're going to slowly reveal. But ideally, I mean, any, anything, to be honest, it, like a buck, two bucks, like whatever people can give. 20,000 is what our goal is, but, you know, we'd love to just get as much as we can to, to help, uh, uh, yeah, kids and, uh, and midwives in the. In mate, well, count grassroots in to help promote that and also make a donation, mate. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, it's, it's going to be like everything. There's some awesome, kind of charities and challenges going on. I mean, there's a Post Express going on with uh, Michael and Andrew Chapman. I That's right. Awesome one that people need to get behind. They're, they're doing it real tough traveling around the East Coast of Australia. I think they, um, they're doing something amazing. And, uh, yeah, people can get behind this one. We're going to have um, a little spot tracker on me. So if you donate, you actually will get to, to follow me and see where I'm going and um, see how I'm going along. Um, we're going to have merch. We're going to have heaps of prizes, heaps of giveaways from people who have come on board to really support it and try and get some raffles and stuff going and raise money. So all the money is very clear that I say that all the money that you donate is actually going straight to the foundation. Like we're not making a single cent. Every dollar from the bike build, from suspension, from engine work, everything's coming out of my pocket because I want every dollar to go to Tory. And um, and that's, that's the goal. That's the big goal. And this takes place in May next year? 
May next year. So I'll be doing a few grassroots rounds and then uh, and then heading off to do it. So hopefully you guys don't kill me before I uh, head off. No, no. Um, we need to protect you. That yeah, we need to. Yeah, you can't get injured. You're not allowed to do that. <laughs> yeah, well, you're a bit, like if tell Scotty to calm down a little bit, man. He's just making it up. <laughs> what do you reckon, Scotty? It's gone. He's gone, is he? Okay, hang on. Let me get. Oh, yeah. No, there he is. Shame. He's come back now. I'm back. There he is. I'm about ten minutes into one of these podcasts. So I drop out for some reason. So I missed the last couple of minutes of what you said there, Jeremy. But anyways, um, the question I was going to ask you is: Can you rattle off the ten deserts you're going to do in order? <laughs> no, not at all. I'm not even going to try and lie. Yeah, it'd be so you go from Mari to Birdsville. So you'll do the Streslecki Desert, then the Stony Desert, then across the Simpson Desert, then down through. This is the one I always get mixed up with. So then from I have to go from Birdsville across to Unadatta, then Unadatta down to Coopapiti, then Coopapiti across to Warburton, which is the Annabadell Highway, which is probably the one that I'm most scared of because it's um about 1,100 k's of nothing, like nothing out there, just absolute. Just nothing. Um, and then Warburton up to Zawaluna and then all the way up to kind of Wolf Creek area and then back down to Alice Springs. So it's um it's so there's the Annabadell and the Canning Stop route, which I'll have to do solo, which is um which is a big one. That's yeah, that's pretty serious. And so Scotty, I'll name those deserts. We've got the Streslecki Desert, the Sturt Stony Desert, oh, Simpson yeah. Simpson Desert. Yep. The uh, Terrari Desert. Yeah. The Pedro, I'll pronounce, I'll mispronounce this, Pedrica Desert. Um, yeah, you, you said yeah. it. Yeah, okay. Great Victoria Desert, Gibson Desert, Little Sandy yep. Desert, Great yep. Sandy, Great Sandy Desert. Yep. Up at Wolf Creek where, you, you, you know, stay away from hitchhiking, into the Tenemai Desert, and then you're yep. back down into uh, Alice Springs near Fink. Yeah, I'll be um, I'll be definitely looking for a few backpackers when I'm going through that area, don't you worry. I'll be looking, I'll be looking my finest. Yeah, I can well imagine. <laughs> well, did you want to name any of your sponsors now or do you want to just release that as you go by into your own program? Yeah, so no sponsors but supporters, massive Support. supporters. Um, yep. As always, the ones that kind of are there for, for both myself or for, for the podcast and for Grasser is B&B Off-Road. I can't thank them enough. When you guys see what they've done to this 501, you'll be absolutely mind-blowing. Um, I pretty much just messaged them and said, hey, I want to – take a bike across the Australia and they said, yep, cool. We'll make something happen. And they've, um, they've built an absolute one of a kind fuel tanker from Mad Max. Pretty much. That's what the best thing about it is. So massive thanks to BNB. You know, if you ever want anything done to your bike custom wise, um, go to them because they are just unbelievable. Um, then Carusi Motorsports, he's gone on board to help, uh, tune the bike to, to go as lean as possible to get the best fuel economy. One point motor and suspension, they're going to come on and help um, get the suspension right for like 300 kilos because that's how much my fat ass will be when I go across the desert. That's stock for me, mate. Don't worry. <laughs> that's just how we roll. All my, <laughs> all my Cornettos and Waco in the back, you know. Um, uh, who else we've got? We've got a Cherbies Australia come on to help with some parts. Um Simford Racing, there. Simford's going to be a big help for me because they're going to help with uh, kind of logistics. Because the big thing is getting tyres <coughs> and parts sent to places to so I can meet it. So at Kapiti, there'll be tyres waiting for me. 
or Burton, there'll be tires waiting for me, things like that. So mm. they're a massive, massive help um, to get through. Uh, Next Adventure as well. They're helping with all the mapping because the mapping's quite tight. There's um, yep. a lot of fuel stops and things I've got to kind of hit at certain points and certain checkpoints. Uh, so that's a, that's another big one. Uh, and One Strength in uh, in Orange here, they're really being on board to help me get in get into some form of shape, even though I'm sitting here in Cornettos and I'll belt and yell at me when I see this. But um, yeah, I, at one point, uh, On Strength is, uh, is big. So yeah, th- those guys are, are absolutely huge in the last six months to kind of get me to where I am. And then number one is JP Creative. Jackie um, Peacock has been there to get all the Instagram stuff, all the social media stuff and kind of get everyone wrangled together because it's, it's, it's a lot and getting – people on board and um hopefully trying to get us linked up with a with a with a good amount of people to get the best amount of money we can for the foundation yeah yeah well done mate that's good one strength i think you've done a podcast with them haven't you yeah yeah lyle and swanee are one strength they're they're you know some of the best <laughs> fitness trainers and kind of recovery people that i've uh, i've come across and uh yeah, they're really good for uh, a lot of the injuries that I've had over the uh, this year alone at bloody grassroots events they've uh, they've healed me up pretty good <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, you're not. Not even, you're not even close to sorry, Greg. <laughs> no, you're right. I'm not. Just, just roll with it. I think that's what's socially acceptable. So I have to say it. Absolutely, absolutely. But um, no, and then obviously thanks to you guys as well because you know you've kind of helped us a lot with promotion. So it's it's that's all we want. We just want we all we've ever wanted from this podcast is to promote events, writers, and then and then this massive um, organization that's helping you know a great cause out here. So, Ah, well, well done, mate. And we're happy to help. Look, this will go out to all of our four listeners, so that should help greatly, I reckon. Only three because I'm on here. Well, there we go. You don't have to listen to it again. (laughs) (laughs) But, no, um, it's been awesome. But what about you guys? Like, next year is going to be big for you, surely. Yeah, look, yeah. I think I messaged you the other day and I said I could write a book about the last two weeks. I can't discuss it yet, but I'll fill you in one day. But, yeah, next next year should be huge, mate. Fingers crossed everything's you know, runs nice and smoothly and yeah, we continue to retain the, the support we've got from, you know, the sponsors and also the riders, more importantly. Well, I mean, but, um, it, it's been awesome to have a series. I mean, it has been sad that we've missed a couple around. I mean, Tenerfield is always going to be one of the ones that the riders love the most and it's yeah, uh, great yeah. for that one. Um, but obviously this one, what, this weekend, the Alpine, that, one's, that was a devastating one because I know how much – Hard work yourselves and Eggy and everyone had put into it, so it's uh, yeah. Well, I'm waiting on a phone call tonight. Actually, we it looks like we possibly have a solution to reschedule that very very soon. But I'm just waiting on a phone call back. But yeah, and look, um, as far as Tenerfield goes, I've had a lot of people ask me, "Is Tenerfield going to be in a series next year?" No, it's not. Um, it's simply because the road in and out is still messed up. Um, they've had so much rain up there, and like we we had Burnsy up there a while ago. He's cutting tracks. He's going back a couple of weeks later, and you can barely see the track again mm. because the growth of the, the the grass and the weeds and all that sort of stuff up there is just growing so quickly. It's it's near impossible to put a track through. So um, I've been in contact with with uh, the property owners up there. Dead keen to have us back, and we're dead keen to get back. We just need the time to get up there and get the tracks cut in. So. I might end up having to put the call out to um, maybe get 30 or 40 people up there over a couple of weekends and smash the tracks in so we can can use the property again once the roads are fixed. Yeah, I mean, as you said, so many people say it's the best one and every time we talk to people, catch up with people, they always say Tenerfield was their favourite because it's terrain that nobody really gets to ride. The hills 
I just something out of kind of Europe and uh, it's a shame that it's it's not able to be ridden more. It is. Look, the other issue there too is obviously the causeway. If we have big rains up there while people are in there doing an event, um, you know, people might be trapped in there for a week or so. So I've been on the council and I've been writing to the state government to say, can we get this causeway sorted out and done properly? So, you know, that's that's one of the limiting factors as well. But we'd love to get back up there. It's a brilliant property. Oh, well, I mean, being locked up there for a week doesn't seem too bad, though, to be very fair. If you're going to be lost anywhere, mate, you'd like to be lost there, that's for sure, right next to the river on that campground. It's stunning. Hells yeah. It was it was awesome. It was, it was wonderful. Yeah. All right, mate. Well, look, if you've got anything to do, we'll let you go. I'm kind of bored of you, to be honest, by now. You've given us all the good information we need to know. <laughs> that's that's it. I'm just I'm just here to tip you your fancy and then get rid of it. Just, uh, that's all I am to you. No, mate, look, honestly, that's fantastic news. That's solo um, through the 10 deserts. Uh, kudos for you for taking that on. And, yeah, and everybody else who's going to help you out, the supporters there, it's it's amazing. Well, as I said, it's, um, the, the charity came first. So it was um, yeah. once I heard about the challenge and, and really thought about it, it was, uh, it was a no-brainer to give it a crack. Lifetime experience. Well, that's it. Look, as long as if I fail, it's the, the, the people still get the money. So really, like, it's, uh, it's something for me and it's something for them and uh, I can't wait to give it a crack. Plus, I can't wait to start shining the bike because I know everyone's going to have some hardcore opinions about it. It's going to be so good. I'm just going to sit there with my popcorn and just watch <laughs> all these warriors just go at it. It's going to be good. <laughs> oh, mate, I'll have to send a B&B a message when I finish up here and see, see if we get a preview of the bike. Well, look, if you if you message B and B, I reckon Sam will uh, will release a couple of things. It's uh, he's he's that he's just that kind of guy. So uh, yeah. yeah, message B and B, uh, and I reckon he'll send you something. Yeah, sweet. I won't I won't post anything publicly. That's your job. <laughs> yeah, well, the stuff that you send you probably won't be my bike. It'll just be anything else that he can uh, find on his phone. <laughs> I'm just just saying, be careful. Yeah, no. Nah, oh, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, haven't experienced that one yet. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to B and B. Yeah, <laughs> very good friends. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. best friend. Uh, all right, mate, thanks for joining us, Jeremy. Hey, guys, have a good one. Take care, mate. Cheers. Cheers See you, mate. Bye. Man, have you ever seen somebody take so long to eat a Cornetto? I know. I would have had four in his time he took to eat that one. I, I was left speechless there for a while. I, now I know what the dog feels like when it's at the table watching me at KFC. <laughs> I was just watching him slowly nibble on that Cornetto for that whole conversation. I was like, how does it take so long to eat one? Uh, that's it. Now, now how I feel when I'm sitting next to you eating. I've already finished three pies and you're still waiting for your first one to cool down. Mate, let's go back to Tassie. The best steak I've ever had in my life was had in Tassie. Yeah, you did, you did send me a message I'm about still that. still going on about it. It was amazing. What was the name of that place? I can't remember where it was. Um, that was the jail, jail house. Jail house steakhouse, I think yeah. it's called. The jail steakhouse. Launceston. That steak yeah. was oh. If you're down in Tassie, go and ask for the pepper steak at the jail house. Restaurant or whatever it's called. I don't know. Tell them I sent you. They'll ask why you're telling them that, but geez, it was a good steak. <laughs> even know who you are. Nah, good no, good. <laughs> the bloke who kept going back for force. <laughs> the side out the front said, all you can eat, mate. <laughs> I remember your missus protesting. You basically dragged her in there by the scruff of her neck. This is where we're eating, doll. <laughs> oh, no, she didn't put up a fight too hard. I, it was good. It was so, such a good steak. Oh. Um, yeah, well, I need a sponsor. I need one of those fitness wannabe get people in shape guru guys to get hold of me and say, come on, mate, we'll, we'll get you in shape because I reckon that's a challenge for anybody. I was going to say that, but, yeah, I, yeah. 
I don't know. How do I get 20 kilos off by the start of next season? Yeah, I'm hearing you. Know, I keep waking up every morning. I think, oh, geez. Whatever. Yeah. Anyway, been there, done that. I'll do it again one day. Yeah, one day. When was the last time you done it? I've known you for 15 years. Hey, I lost 15 kilos, what, 18 months, two years ago? I put I put 25 back on. You usually do. Dropping four gro- bags of groceries isn't losing 15 kilos, mate. It's just tripping <laughs> over on the front step. Now, Michael Chapman and Andrew Chapman are doing a uh, a ride. It's 9,500 Ks. Jump on the Facebook and check out Express Post, Posty Bike Challenge, um, and check them out. They're raising money for the Black Dog Institute. So if you haven't seen it already, check it out, Express Post, Posty Bike Challenge. They're uh, riding 9,500 Ks. It's on posty bikes. It's well, incredible. I've seen, I've seen a bit of talk about it the other day. Where about they at at the moment? Let me just check. I will click on there. If you go onto their page and you scroll down a little bit, it's got um, share Garmin because they're carrying a uh, Garmin inReach. So you click on that link and what have they done here? It looks like they've done a circle. So they've gone up. To, it looks like they're up at Noosa Heads. The last time I looked at it, they were, they'd gone up the centre of the the country, hadn't they? And they got to right up the tip. No, 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 no. They started off in Victoria. They're up yeah. past Brisbane, and I think it's just loading up again. All right, they've done a bit of a backtrack. They've got up to Noosa Heads, according to the spot, tra- uh, not spot tracker, the Garmin inReach. They've gone up to Noosa Heads and then they've come back down past Cool and Beach and they're now on the Sunshine Coast, according to this map. So they've done a bit of backtracking. I wonder why. Maybe it was a plan. Could have been the plan. Oh, well, here's, here's a bit of excitement. I've just seen on one of their pages they've caught up with uh, Al from the Skid Factory. Now, Al's a YouTuber um, and he, he does, you know, the hotted up cars and all that. I'll give you a little bit of an insider. I actually sent him a private message back in 2019 trying to invite him to one of our our races. Yeah. And he replied he'd love to do it, but he's a little bit intimidated by what we do. So hopefully these boys have got in his ear and he might want to get involved with it later. That's Al in the middle of the photo there, is it? Yeah, yeah. So in his um, his, his life, he's called Turbo Yoda. He was given that nickname by another group of YouTubers that, um, kicked him off into his uh, stardom that he's got now. Yeah, right. Well, we've managed to get Michael on. Michael, how you doing, mate? Good, thank you. A little bit That's sore, but pretty good. Yeah. How many Ks you have you punched out now? Uh, close to 2,500, I think. On a posty bike. And I, you, you, you managed to drop by where we caught up a couple of days ago and you've got this cover on your seat which has got water-filled pockets. Is that working for you? Yeah, it's pretty good. It's nice. The weather's getting warmer as well, so it's actually helping cool my ass, which is good. So yeah, it's, nice. uh, it's working well. And how's Andrew holding up? Oh, he was complaining today that he's a bit sore. His ass is killing him. Um, yeah, okay. I think the back's worse than like, the pain on the shoulders from just holding it in the one position, holding it on the stopper the whole time. That's a bit of a killer. Can but, you get uh, a, Can you get like a a, a throttle um, controlled sort of cruise control setup on there? I reckon you probably can. You can probably just get like a universal throttle lock or something. I might need to stop by somewhere and see if I can find one. Yeah. Find yeah. You can buy one from like your MCA style stores that lock your yeah. throttle and you just flick it under your brake lever and it'll just hold it tapped out. Yeah, I reckon that's the way to go because, yeah, 
it's uh, it's getting it's getting it's only six days in and it's getting a little bit rough. But we've got to we've you know um, stay with our mum in Townsville, so we're having a, a day off there, day off the bikes, which would be nice. But now I'm looking at the map. It looks like you've gone up the Noosa Head and then you've come back down south along the coast, and you're at um, Maroochydore. Yeah, Maroochydore. Yeah, because we went up and saw. Um, I just said you're talking about Turbo Yoda. Yep. Um, the guys from the Skid Factory we met Al today, which is really cool. Um, it's, he's in uh, Umundi. So we went there and then we're staying with a mate in Maruchador. So he did a little bit of a backtrack today. And I'm just looking at your um your page where you can donate through the Black Dog Black Dog Institute. You're up to three and a half thousand dollars and your goal is five. I reckon you're gonna smash that. Yeah, I think um, we might have to up a goal to ten grand or something like that. I was, gonna say, well. I was gonna say you might have to double it. Yeah, hopefully it'd be awesome if we can do that. Yeah, it's um yeah. it's pretty amazing, you know, just the generosity of people so far and We've met, you know, you meet people at the servo and you get chatting to them, and you know, next thing you know, they're donating, and it's it's pretty awesome. And we've met some really cool people and heard some cool stories. So only six days into the trip, and it's been so good already. And what's your target? How quick do you think you'll do this trip in? Uh, originally, we said about a month. So I think at the rate we're going now, we could do that. But it all depends. Like, if we have any breakdowns or you know any any weather, we've been really lucky with the weather. We had a bit of rain leaving. Um, Num Bucket Heads um, yep. near Coffs Harbour, but that was only in the morning. And um, after that was fine. It's been beautiful and nice and warm. Yeah, a little excellent. bit overcast today, but we can deal with that. How are the bikes holding up? Oh, great! I love it. They're just spending hours and hours each day just on the limiter, just on the stopper, and they they still can't start first kick. No knocks, nothing. They're loving life. They're yeah, awesome. The, the yeah. question I was going to ask you is about that. When they are held on the stopper, are they both doing the exact same speed? Well, I'm a bit heavier than Andrew, and I'm carrying more luggage, so he's edging away from me a little bit on the freeways, which has been pretty annoying. Constantly got to get him to slow down a couple of k's so I can catch back up. But when you're talking about, you know, only six or so horsepower, every single kilo makes a difference. So Yeah, I watched some YouTubers that done it over in the States, and uh, they were doing the big, long roads up in the like Alaska area. And yeah. One was about two miles, so it was about you know four, four or five k's quicker than the other one, and it was annoying the guy that was on the slower one because he could never keep up with the one in front of him. Yeah, it's a bit of a pain. But we've got intercoms, so we're constantly talking. So I can tell him that you know he's, he's got to slow down a little bit, let me catch up. Um, but yeah, apart from that, like that's been the only real thing. But yeah, the bikes are they're flawless so far. Andrew's bike was making a crunching sound in the gearbox like in mm. neutral which was concerning on the first day but we kind of said we'll just ignore it and hope it goes away and it has gone away so that's for good um and banana yeah, skins but, mate just throw some banana skins in yeah that's it we served us uh, serviced them in sydney at about 1200 k's we stopped by a bike shop there and did them and we're going to do it again tomorrow morning too which is pretty cool have you got uh, some bike shops helping you out yeah we do yeah so um the, it was I forgot the name. It was I've got it, I've got it on our Facebook page. The one in Sydney, they were yep. great. So we brought our own oil in, and they just let us change us there and dispose the oil, old oil for us. Yeah, nice. Um, tomorrow we're going to it's a car shop actually, automotive shop in oh, I forgot the suburb. It's, it's near near the Big Pineapple, wherever that is. Yeah. Um, so they said to come in and they'll check over the bikes and give them a service for us, which is absolutely awesome. So yeah, doing that tomorrow morning, and then. Uh, but yeah, we've had yeah, Kabulcha motorcycle tires in there today. Um, he gave us a bunch of tubes and whatnot. Yeah. And 
White's uh, racing products. He's donated a set of tyres each for us, which is fantastic. Yeah, sweet. So but we're trying to prolong the life of the ones we've got as much as possible, so we've got them strapped to the back now. So mm-hmm. just a quick rundown, on because this is just my curiosity. How many um, Ks are you getting out of a tank of fuel? So we've got, on mine, I've got a tank from a 92, I think it is XR250. So that's nine and a half litres. And they've got the standard posty tank, which is five, uh, five litres, five and a half. And then we've got a rotor pack, each a five litre one. So out of the, just out of the belly tank, like the CT tank, we're getting about 140 to 150 Ks before it runs out. So really we can probably get about 450, 500 Ks range. And then we've got fuel bladders too. Yeah, right. So is there much time spent scheduling your fuel stops or you? You're happily getting to the next town. And oh, happily at the moment. It's no dramas at all. Um, there's, yeah, there's plenty of servos along the way. Uh, when we start getting a bit more remote, it's going to be a bit more of an issue. The biggest challenge is going to be across the Simpson because that's 500 Ks, and I reckon they'll be using a bit more juice going across there. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Definitely in the sand. But we're averaging about 2.6 to 2.8 litres per 100 so far, so it's pretty good going. If you need fuel dropped off in the Simpson, mate, give us a shout. Yeah, you come up and, and do a run? No, you, no, no. I've got, a, I've got a contact. He might be able to chop or something out for you. Oh, yeah, you, awesome. I actually – oh, saying that, I actually had a guy message me on Facebook who is a rescue helicopter pilot. Yeah. And um, really nice guy, and he said if we need any help while we're out there to to, uh, to get in contact with him, he'll come help us out. So hopefully we don't need that help, but it's nice knowing we've got something there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hopefully <laughs> you don't need him. Well, we, yeah. we just spoke to Jeremy from the Burrito Podcast, and he's doing a trip through the deserts. So, you might be going past each other, and he he, he can drop a bit of fuel and oil off. Yeah, you. that'd be be funny seeing Jez. Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't happen on May twenty three. I hope it's not going to take you that long. No, I, I, hopefully not. I might get in a bit of trouble. I reckon from the misses of him away that long. Yeah, I reckon so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I told her birthday is on the second of uh, of November, and we're aiming to be back on the end of October, so it's it's pushing it. All right, mate. Well, look, thanks for joining us, and, and best of luck with it all. Um, I've put I've put some links up and a bit of a post up on the Australian awesome. Dairy Facebook page, so hopefully we can uh, get that target and, and yeah, smash it and up it to maybe 10 or 15 green by the time you get home. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, when, maybe when after we've got the cape and we're heading back down towards Simpson or something, we can uh, I'll check in with you and let you know how we're tracking. Yeah, absolutely, mate. We'll do a bit of a podcast, give us a bit of an update, and yeah, we'll put it out there. Perfect. Sounds good. Awesome. Good on you, mate. Good luck with the rest of it. R- ride safe, eh? Awesome. We'll do. Thanks, yeah, guys. Man. Cheers, mate. See you. Most of me, uh, when, when you see these things, like you speak to Jeremy about doing that big 10 desert thing, and then you speak to those boys about you know, riding across Australia on posties. What are we doing? Let's go, Greg. Let's come up with a plan. What could we do? Well, um, you can jump on your little Sherpa, and I'll take the XR. Where are we going? I don't care. Let's just ride. Do you have a feeling that we'd get to the nearest pie shop and then be like, oh, it's getting a bit cold out. Do you want to go home? Have you have you been to the pie shop at Ulladulla? It's pretty good. I think I've been you, to the pie shop with you at Ulladulla. <laughs> come down come down my way and we'll just ride there and back. Do we do that a thousand times or do we do a thousand Ks to the pie shop? Yeah, we could just go set, post up some Google images and just pretend we're riding all over Australia. Yeah, good luck to the Chapman boys. Um, hopefully they, they smash that barrier of $5,000. They should get a lot more than that, I reckon. Nah, a bit of publicity, they'll smash that. We'll start yeah. sharing it around. Everybody will share it around. With the amount of people that are in this sport and in this industry, um, yeah, it won't take long to get those numbers up. 
Yeah. Uh, what have we got? We've got Mario Roman coming out. Mario's got some coaching days. I think we've got four or five coaching days with Mario Roman. He's coming out on the 14th of November, I think it is, and he's here till the 22nd. So we'll be doing some four or five coaching days with Mario, um, one in Glen Maggie. He'll be doing some suspension work with Chad um, the day before the coaching day and some stuff with Sherco Australia. And then we head up to uh, Yavin Creek um, near Adelong. And from there we head up to, um, I keep saying Bathurst, but it's actually Wattle Flat just north of Bathurst. Sorry, Wattle Flat. And I think we've got three days of training up there plus a night with Mario. So what we're going to be doing on the Friday night before the race, which is on the 19th and 20th, I believe, for memory, we're going to have uh, a function in a, in um, a legs club in Bathurst City. So we'll um, get all that up and organised on the internet ASAP so you can come and join us. Have dinner with Mario and we'll be doing a live podcast with the Burrito Boys. So you can have a Q&A session. You can talk about nutrition, training, Anything you want to ask Mario about, the FIM series, his hard enduro career, his trials career, hit him up with a bunch of questions. He's a great bloke. I've been speaking with him for the last two years. He's the most down-to-earth fella. Um, so that should be really interesting. I'll get everything organised for that in the background and get it up. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. I can't wait to have that dinner, sit down with Mario and hear all his stories and that. Um, I'd love to hear from the start, his childhood, his, you know, what got him into the sport. What took him yeah. to where he is now, you know, um, yeah, what, what's been his greatest and what's been his most feared events throughout his life. So it'd be great to hear all that. And I reckon if um, you got a question, get it through to the grassroots page and, and um, yeah, we'll probably pick through the best questions and bring them up to him in the uh, in the dinner. And, uh, you know, it'll come out in a podcast. If you're unfortunate enough not to be able to get to the to the uh, meet and greet there with him and that would to the podcast and then I'll get out there and uh, just hearing guys like him that are at that pinnacle of their sport, I just want to hear how he got there. Yeah, it'll be really interesting. I've only found one podcast that he's done before and it really didn't go for that long. He kind of it kind of glances over his career and, yeah, I want to go right in depth, you know, from when did he start riding, what did he start riding, uh, did he, does his family ride, um, his training, his nutrition, uh, his mental state does he does he use you know a, a sports psychologist and things like that? Um, so yeah, I think it'll help out our riders who come to our events as well. Um, hit them up with questions and well, you hear stories about out. these guys. You you hear the rumours and the and the the stories about you know things that they do that aren't on camera throughout races and that, and you just go, oh, wow, that, that sounds pretty cool. So yeah. I'd just love to hear it firsthand from himself. I reckon it'll be a good night. Uh, good tucker involved, maybe a cold beverage or two, not too many because we're going to get up and race the next morning, but it should be bloody fantastic. And uh, we're also going to have a farm bike race up there. So if you've got a farm bike, get on to it. Um, we'll put the details up for that very soon as well. You'll have to be able to register via the Grassroots website. Oh, I reckon and, it's just going to be the best piss take watching that. Oh, it'll be unreal. It'll be so much fun. How, so, how are we going to organise a start, Scotty? We, we've discussed this. Okay. Now, this is my opinion on how to do it because I think it's going to be the uniquest way. You, When you enter your bike, you put down the year make of that bike and your year make is your prologue. So the person with the oldest bike gets pole position and then they work their way back through the field. So if you're showing up on a brand-new CT200 before the bling on it, you know, 21 model, you're probably going to get a bit of a penalty and be starting at the back. 
just showing up on an old CT from your 70s, you, you're going to get yourself a good lead. So just a bit exciting to watch these old bikes bounce around the paddock. Um, the track we're going to design there at Bathurst, if anybody remembers the way it was designed for the last race, um, a lot of that is going to be flipped around. So those pipes and all that, instead of leaving going out into the bush, they will continually go around the outside of the, um, the campground. So from any point of that campground, you should be able to at least see a good part of the track. So um, being that Daylight Savings has now kicked off and we'll be late into the afternoon, we should be able to get a, a really good um, atmosphere there. And, uh, yeah, I, I just want to have the fun of dropping elbows on the other riders on an old bike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably still got the hand warmers on it from the farmer that was rounding the sheep up a couple of days beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to backtrack a little bit there. Like we, we were talking about, um, I think we we're talking to Tom and Amy about coming on the podcast, weren't we? Yeah, yeah. On the on the ship when we're coming back from Tassie. Yeah, yeah. And I think you, I think I said to them, if you want to learn new words, you've got to join us on the podcast because sometimes you just make words up. Yeah. Now, just at the beginning there, you said uniqueest. <laughs> what the hell is uniqueest? The uniqueest way. <laughs> Isn't it two words? Yeah. No, I, yeah. no, I, I think the words is unique, not but, but But see, that, that's me, mate. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, an, I'm not criticising you. I'm just adding it to the grassroots dictionary, that's all. Yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm trying to think of a new word to make up just to describe what I'm doing with making up words. There probably is a word that describes people that make up words. Oh, word makerist. Maker. <laughs> That's funny, isn't it? We we listen back to these podcasts and just go, did you really say that? <laughs> All right. Let's, let's move on. Let's move on to something serious. Yeah, um, we should. Yeah, let's have a ball at Bathurst. Um, let's get this uh, at a long race sorted out. Let's let reschedule that and get all those riders back out on the track because they're hanging for it. Um, let's get... Murray over here and let's have a ball with him. And then um, after that, let's get uh, 2023 sorted out. Talking about 2023, I've got some plans in place to, uh, as we grow and as we develop and the riders improve um, and as we become more financial uh, as we go on through the series, the, the plans for 2023 is I'm going to invest a heap of money into a new timing system. Um, we're also going to have electronic, remote electronic checkpoints um, where we can. Some properties we won't be able to run them, but we won't need to run them at each property anyway. So, for example, the Hillston race, or other, aka Hillstorm, um, we'll be able to have remote checkpoints up there because we will be able to gain uh, mobile phone reception. So pretty much ride or ride past a remote checkpoint. It will feed back down to the main timing van and it will give live updates. The timing system will be embedded onto the website as well. So you can jump on the website and uh, get live updates directly through the website. Also going to invest um, a fair few dollars into satellite um, live streaming. So we'll have remote cameras out on the track, particularly in the more difficult areas. So we'll have a few cameras there and uh, be able to remote live stream. And that will also be embedded into the website, I think. Uh, it might go directly through to YouTube. My tech guru will sort that one out. So we're investing a fair bit of money back into the series for 2023, make it uh, a little bit more professional and and try and uh, get a few more sponsors on board with the live feeds. So, well, that, that's us listening to the writers as well. 
we, we do hear the feedback and we understand what the gripes are. And uh, we, we're getting a bit of feedback saying that guys are getting a bit frustrated with the time it takes for us to get the um, the results out on that. So that's why this timing system is so important to us to have it dialed in and and um, have it up to the standards that people are asking. And yeah, the comment was made to me, why does this take so long? It's 2022 and we understand that and we're going to go with the times and get a system that is up to the standard that people expect. And, um, you know, it, it's it's a learning curve and we've made mistakes there with some stuff and realised we didn't have the best equipment. So we're going to make sure you guys get the best. Yeah, exactly. And look, a lot of the time, the results are delayed because we're dealing with protests. I mean, we might have 10 or 15 protests to deal um, with from one one race. So, And that can take a week or even two weeks to get through. And, um, you know, the, the fellow who does sort out, not not the protest, but does sort out the timing for us, it's all done via Excel spreadsheet once the system, uh, it's released from the system. And, you know, he's working and also studying at university. So he might not look at it for three or four days. So there's three or four days lost there. But with the new system, uh, it's certainly going to ease the process and, uh, and lift the standard of it all. And hopefully we get the results out literally, you know, within hours um, and, and have the, the live stream as well. Well, if you lasted this long, thanks for joining us and uh, listening all the way through to the end of the podcast. We are the Hard Enduro channel, uh, Greg Peters and Scotty Chapman. We waffle on for a little bit. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Hopefully you learned something out of it. Good luck to Michael and Andrew Chapman and also uh, Jeremy from the Dirt Bike Burrito podcast. With May 2023, with his 10 Desert Crossing. That's an amazing feat, and hopefully uh, he gets the support he needs there. And both Michael, Andrew, and uh, Jeremy surpass what they expect in their fundraising. And, and just quickly, too, great congratulations to all the people that got awesome results at our presentation. We sort of haven't even touched on that, but um, Anthony Solar was crowned the uh, Hard Enduro Australian champion. Um, so... Yeah, we got the gold class. We had Solar, Perry, and Ibrahim. So, yeah, well done to all those boys. Um, solid effort. And thanks for their support coming to each event throughout the year. Silver class, we had uh, Josh Ibrahim coming first, Nick Conlon coming second, and Chris Dark coming third. It's been really interesting. Chris Dark is a solid rider. And I think um, we had Josh coming maybe a year after Chris and, uh, and, and Nick also, I think. So it's been a really tightly contested now bronze, we we've had um, we're still sorting the bronze out. I think waiting for the Tassie results from memory. That's the oh, this is a championship one, is it? Okay, yeah. so we had yeah. Okay, Denise is beside me here. She's giving me some information. So bronze, we had Jake Marjorie, Eli Cobb, and then Michael Venos. So yeah, that's a championship one. I've got two bits of paper in front of me here. Ladies silver, we've got Cheyenne Jones, Ebony Nielsen, and Amber Lock. And Ebony, um, yeah, we spoke about her before. She went and did the four day. So congratulations to those girls. Bronze ladies, Kelly Beck. Kelly, she'll be riding silver next year. So Kelly Beck in first, Amy Davidson in second, and Ali Beck in third. So congratulations to those girls. And what else have we got? We've got the juniors there, but one of the juniors we have to sort out still. So we haven't released that one yet. We had a bit of an issue with um, with our spreadsheet, which was confusing rider numbers and whatnot. So that should be sorted out within the next week, I hope. So, yeah, congratulations to everybody there who picked up their uh, places. Thanks for the rider support all the way through 2022. And uh, it's certainly better than 2020 and 21. And we look forward to 2023. And I just big props to Anthony. Like, he deserves that. He he was just there all season. Just, you know, 
he he showed that consistency pays off. Yeah, absolutely. Look, you, you saw um, you saw Chris and and Wade. Oh, I don't want to use the word hog, but they kind of hog the limelight a little bit. They're always up there, very competitive. Yeah, and but- Andrew um, Solar was he was a quiet achiever, just so consistent, so well deserved. But what what it sort of proved there too, those guys go hard and they bust bikes up. You know, um, we had Chris fail up in Queensland due to breaking his bike. We had um, Wade bust his bike out at Hillston. So both those events affected their tallies, whereas Anthony just kept going, just kept punching, just kept putting in solid results, and at the end he got the gravy, mate. Was it this year that Wade had issues up in Queensland, up in um, Einstein? Wade had his rear brake locking on or something, I think. Yeah, he he had problems with his brake locking on in prologue and that. But, um, you know, that that seized engine at Hillston didn't do him any favours and he he probably would have won that race comfortably. But, yeah, starting a good 20 minutes behind everybody sort of destroyed any chances he had there. And then Chris had that front sprocket go on him at – uh, up in Queensland, so yes. that uh, ruined any chances he had of getting uh, good points up there. So, um, yeah, that's that's it with Anthony. Just his, his bike prep, his um, his stamina, all that's paying off for him. So, just goes to show you, you can win a race, win a championship. You don't have to win every race. No, that's right. Uh, who do you want to see up on the podium consistently next year? Look, are we, are we making predictions. No, 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 no. It's not a prediction. Just who would you like to see get up there and you know, oh, maybe, maybe a couple of firsts and a couple of seconds or yeah, something like that. I think I've said this a few times. I want to see Ruben win. I think it's coming. It's coming a lot sooner than later too. Um, he's, he just seems to be really unlucky with um, the damage he does to his bike each race. He, I, I think he might be just pushing that little bit harder than he needs to be. Um so I think Ruben is definitely going to come for a win in the next season. I think a dark horse that's out there would be Hudson. He's going to start getting places soon. Um, he, he might not take a championship or anything out like that, but I, I feel like there's going to be some hardware taken home by him. Um, don't know where. Um, geez, then you get a, an outsider like Gat show up. Yeah, he. he Give him another yeah, season. Yeah, exactly right. How is he going to advance over the next season? Yeah, to get the results that he's got with, you know, like he, he just told us, zero background and just show up with with no experience and start getting results, I think now that he's riding with those guys, he's going to learn their ways and won't be long and he'll be um getting getting on the podium. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, I've been told John's in the gym every single morning at 5 a.m., Training, um, and we've you know we've seen him ride. He's definitely got the technical skill there. Uh, there's no doubt about that. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes. And look, I agree with you. I'd love to see Ruben get a couple of first places up there for sure. He's been battling hard all year, um, so it'd be interesting to see how he goes. So it's I don't know what he's got. To, I don't know what he's got to do to get up there though. It's yeah. So when does Kogan become a senior? Kogan Lock is going to be a senior next year. Is he going to go to gold or is he staying in silver? No, no he's got to stay in silver. He's got to, he's got to, he's got to earn his stripes in silver yet. Well, gold, I'd, as you know, mate, it's a, that's a couple of steps above. He's, I'd, he's I'd, say, I'd say if you want to win a um, a small fortune, go cash your house in and put that on Kogan for the silver champion. Yeah, it'd be hard to go past him, wouldn't 
yeah, I think he's going to he's going to be pretty convincing there. If that, um, I know they missed uh, a round up in Queensland just due to um, finances, but um, I know there's a lot of people jumping on the Kogan story, and they want to make sure he gets every race. So he, he definitely won't be missing any rounds next year. And uh, I'd say, bar mechanical injury, the silver championship will be his. Um, I know there's a few bronze boys and that are moving up now too. So, um, don't know. I can't really. With with the the way that field move around, who knows what's going to happen in the next couple of positions there? Be interesting. Yeah. Look, and yeah, as you mentioned, Kogan didn't get up to Queensland. Uh, his his dad was committed to work, and he had you know it was three days drive up there plus the event plus three days drive back, and it was snowed under with work, so he had to. Had to make a choice uh, of dropping around, and yeah, that was the one to drop for them. So it'll be interesting to see what happens next year. Um, yeah, it's it's, and it's amazing how much that costs. You know, that put him back to second place. Yeah, so uh, you gotta you gotta be there. One one drop one round, and he he lost that junior championship. And uh, they, I don't know. Do, do you do you live with regret knowing that? All they had to do was get him up there. I'm sure. No, I'm sure I, 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 I don't know. They, look, as you know, they, they, the whole family, are, you know, they're good racers and pretty strategic in the way they approach the events. And they would have known, it would have punished him in the air. But, I mean, kudos to Justin Richards for taking out first place. He comes to every single every single one of our events, including the state rounds. Mm, well deserved, and it proves yeah. that, that you you just put in the hard work. It's gonna pay off. And um, yeah, there's 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 a few people. Like young Amy, there's proof there. Two years in a row now that she's uh, had amazing results in the the final championship, and she's never won a race. And she just shows that if you're there, you put in, you get results. Yeah, consistency is key, isn't it? Mm. All right. So, so yeah, we tried to sign off there ten minutes ago, and we waffled on a bit longer. Bit of a bonus material there for everybody. So um. Well, that will be there. That section will be put in our Patreon page. You want to support us? Just go to Patreon and you pay your four thousand dollar entry fee, and you can listen to that last bit. Do we even have a Patreon page? No. We better create one because it might be. So we <coughs> we even need four thousand people to pay a dollar each, or one person to pay four thousand dollars. Yeah, I don't like our chances. Yeah, it doesn't work either way, there, does it? All right, Scotty. All right, thanks for joining us. Sign us out. One go. You get one hit of this. No, because I did it before. I'm just going to edit it and try swap it around. <laughs> All right, mate. See ya. All right, good on you. Cheers, mate. Take All care. Right.